0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Good evening, everyone. I hope everyone had an easy fast and a meaningful fast. And on the other side of Tisha B'av, we're, we're going towards um, Shabbat Nachamu. I spoke on Tisha B'av. I just want to repeat what I said about Shabbos Nachamu. Why, why do we celebrate Shabbat Nachamu? Um, nothing different. And I hope it will be different, but nothing different. Um, uh, last week uh, Shabbos Chazon, which is such a sad Shabbos, and everybody was in so much pain, and we reach out Chazon, and there's a in Halachi if uh, if you're even allowed to wear your Shabbos suit on Shabbos Chazon, and by 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 Shal um, if you're allowed to invite people, if you don't normally invite people, Shabbos Chazon, everybody's nervous and in the fast day and Shabbos, I uh, got some ISIS and then the Shabbos. Every hotel is sold out. You can't get a room in Shabbos Nachmu Hotel. Barbecues, concerts, party time. What changed? Nothing changed. We're still in Golis. We don't have Beit HaMikdash. The shit of crisis is still here. People still have cancer. People are, are, are going through hard times. What are you partying about? What are you partying about? What's the... So the answer is, beautiful Teretz, I was talking about it, Tisha B'Av and before Tisha B'Av the whole time, I was so excited about it. Teretz is, we know that, that when there's de- death in the world, it's very hard, and we know that normally everyone loses their parents while they're alive. It's not the other way a parent should lose a child. So sooner or later, even when they hit 120, you're 100, right? It's normal to lose your parents. So Hashem knew in the Bria that everyone's going to be in pain, everyone's going to lose someone that they love. That's someone that they're very close to. So I had to put something in the Bria that um, we'd be able to handle it. So he put Chikha. That you never forget your parents. You never forget someone who passed away. But the pain, that that hole in your heart, you know, you get busy and you get life. And, and, you know, I, I miss my father. I speak about my father a lot. But uh, the first year, I was like, ah, I was like, I can't handle this. So no, you handle it. So Hashem brought shikha in the world. And that's why it says, Yaakov He refused. What do you mean he refused to be comforted? He couldn't be comforted because it's much worse to be kidnapped. If your parent was kidnapped, you don't have shikha. You don't have that forgetting. That Hashem didn't give you for kidnapping. He gave it to you for death. So that pain stays there. So Yaakov, he refused because he couldn't, he couldn't be comforted because the pain stayed there. So he knew something was wrong. That Yosef must be alive. It's what that made his farm because how come I'm not forgetting the kid? Not forgetting, but how come the pain is staying on the same level the day he found out that he was killed Was the same level? So he knew there was something wrong. He didn't have a for 21 years. So the pain didn't get any better, right? So that's how he knew that Yosef was still alive. So therefore, everyone who sat on Tish and cried from us because of, they said, they cried about the, the Besamikdash destruction. They cried about Yushalayim means that they're still in pain. If they're still in pain, it means they didn't have Shekha. they didn't have Shekha, it means it's alive. It means the Besamikdash is alive spiritually. And, and Yushalayim is alive spiritually. And therefore, we have something to celebrate. It didn't die. So only after Tishah you can have Shabbos Nachamu, and that's what you're supposed to celebrate the Shabbos. Wow! I was sitting on the floor by Kinnis. Cry my eyes out about the base of Middash. It must be still alive. Well, my crime, 2,000 what am I crying about? Two thousand years ago, am I crying about? Do a shikha? I wouldn't even feel anything about it. If Mashber alive, Tzimach Yushalayim is alive. if you forget Yushalayim, that means it's dead. You only forget things that died. So that's what he's saying. Godless? No, not godless. I love it. So you have to. Let's take our sound off on our little phone here. Hold on, so we don't get disturbed. Good. So, so that's very that's very important. So that's what you're. That's the, that's what we're supposed to celebrate in Mitzvah Hashem this Shabbos is that we didn't forget you, and if we didn't forget you, that means you're still alive. Okay, it doesn't mean get crazy on Shabbos. It means Alright. So I want to tell you. I want to tell you a very interesting brought down in Pasha Parable 2. Right? By my friend David Hoffman. Actually, played baseball on the same team. He was shortstop. I was first baseman, so we were very connected. He threw it, I caught it. Or he threw it, I dropped it. But he threw it. Okay, so... The way that Hashem leads you, you should go. In order that you should live and enjoy. good. So he is a very fascinating story. I love this story. You should do it in class if you ever become a teacher. So he said there was a professor in a philosophy class who had a huge empty jar, right? And he filled it up with rocks. Mm-hmm. And he said to the students, Is it full? And they said, Yeah, it's full. He said, Really? He picked up a bunch of little teeny pebbles... And he poured it in the jar, and they found all the crevices. So he said, now it's full. Said, yeah, now it's full. So he took sand, and he pulled that in, and that also went in. Right? He put the sand in, also went in. Then he took a jar, and he filled it up with sand. And then he tried to put the pebbles in, and it didn't go. And he put the rocks in, and it didn't go. Because the sand is it's full of sand, there's no room between... The grains of sand. So what was he trying to teach them? He said, this is your life. The rocks are the important things in life. Torah, mitzvahs, the, the, your family, your friends, your health, anything critical that you need. The pebbles are secondary things. Your house, your car, your job. He said, the sand is everything else. All the stupidities. He said, if you fill the jar with your stupidities there's no room for your family, Torah, Mitzvah, and everything that you need. If that's what your jaw is full of, the sand, there's no room for anything else. But, if you fill your jaw with stones, Mitzvahs, and tefillah, and family, and your kids, and you give them time, right? So, it's pretty full. There's still room for some Nareshkite, and some things that are not that important, right? But only a little bit room for them. But if you fill up the whole jaw with things that are not, not, not important sand there's no room for the important things it, it goes together with all my shiurim on time oh if you fill your jaw with time fill your jaw with time okay um, before I get to I want to go back to of aim, which I talked about in um, in uh, what's it called mm-hmm. in Boston in the Igre Shire um I want to say over a story that I heard uh, from Rabbi Biederman. and I just wanted to get the uh, all the all the details true. But it's it's very 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 important. And in fact, I have a raya, I have a proof to what he said from the Chumash. So He says the following: He said, "I guess it was in Chust, and um, the Chustirav was there, and uh, someone came into him, the, Reish, the the president of the city, and he said." And he has very bad news That the Munkacharav and his son Munkacharav Rabbarachul He was the son-in-law He married the daughter of the Um Was taken on a train And he's on his way to this communist Bapolt, whatever it was called And nobody ever got out of there alive So they need to do something So the Rav of Chust Rav, Told his Gabay to get the book binder It was someone that used to bind the books and he should bring him a chok, a chok. It's a chukli li that you learn every day, tayah, Mishnah, whatever. So the guy came, he was very upset. He said, it hey, with Shabbos, and I guess they had no Erev, and he carried it, and he was like, How could the Rev ask me to do a Chal Shabbos? He says, What are you talking about? The Baruch the Munkach Rebbe, is on a, on a train, and we have to save his life. What should we do? So he says, I needed this chok, and we're going to put in the A $1,000. And we we'll put it in the book. We'll hand him the safer. They won't know that there's money in there, and money bribes. Whatever he'll maybe he'll be able to save his life. So he gave it to this man, who actually speaks on the tape, and he he sent him to give the chuk to the Munkatcherov. It says he came to the train. There was sixty cars on that train. Nobody nobody came out of him alive. Very few people came out alive. There were sixty cars, and he's he's going. This kid's a little kid went from car to car one't you up one won't cut you up buckle Nobody. nobody's answering the sixtieth car is where he was the last of the caboose and he says and the, the Rebbe comes he says, what are you doing here? Get off the train the train, whoever's on the train is not going to make it he said i have I have a safer for you safer for me He says yeah, in the safer is a thousand dollars you know what a thousand dollars was in those days in the forties what in the binding you know what the, you know it's because he had to bind it in there so nobody would see it. And that's the Shavas. Like It wasn't the carrying, because they had an of Taka. It was the binding. So it was a book binding. He said, I can't bind on Shabbos, you have to save the guy's life. So with a thousand dollars. He said, use it, whatever it is. And when he turned around, the boy, a little boy, when he turned around to walk out, so he said, can I ask the Rebbe a question? And the Rebbe said, sure, anything. He said, Why does... He knew everyone was dying, going to die. Why does Hashem need so much Kiddush Hashem? Why do so many people have to die be Kiddush Hashem? That's what he asked the Rebbe. The Rebbe said, Everyone on this train that's going to die, it's not Kiddush Hashem. They're Kiddush they're holy. But it's not Kiddush Hashem. Kiddush Hashem is only when you have a choice. They don't have a choice. Nobody has by choice. So they don't have a choice. So you're not making Kiddush Hashem by dying. You're kardash by dying, but you're not making a kiddush Hashem. He said to this boy, you know what a kiddush Hashem is? And this is the point that I want to make. I'm going tell you the story. He said, kiddush Hashem is after the war. If you keep Shabbos after the war, and you put on tzvillin after the war, and you're a good Jew after the war, that's a kiddush Hashem. During the war, it's not a kiddush Hashem. That's kiddush And this boy said, you know why I'm from today? Because that's what he told me on the train. So the real Kiddush Hashem maybe when you're outside of Yeshiva. In Yeshiva, I don't have a choice. I have to look this way. Or whatever. But Imagine when, you, when you're at work and you don't have to be like that and you can get away with doing things you're not supposed to and then you make the choice. Thus is the Kiddush Hashem. You don't look at the girl. You don't talk to the lady at work. That's a Kiddush Hashem. When you have a choice. When you don't have a choice, that's not a Kiddush Hashem. And this guy said that is why I'm from today. dick. What a story! Unbelievable story. So everyone out there that's listening, it's when you have a choice to do the wrong thing and you say no. That's the hashem. When you have no choice, it's your are kaddish. But that's not a dekirush hashem. You hear? Okay. So, uh, Rabbi Biedemann was talking today a subject that I know very well. He talked about a subject regarding Kass. When I was a kid, I had Kass. got angry. I, a kid once said something to me, I, I broke his nose. They threw me out of the basement. I turned around, and the guy didn't know what hit him. He shouldn't and then they, they threw me out. I said, why are you throwing me out? He just broke someone's nose. I said, well, he shouldn't have said what he said. I said, no, you can't just do that. You can't just turn around and punch someone in the face. So I, had a, I was a client or whatever, and B'chashem, I had a Rebbe, and he taught me how to flip that and not have kas. But anyway, so he says a very fascinating story about kas. How to flip it. Huh? How to flip it. How did my Rebbe flip it? He said, instead of getting angry at the person for saying what he did, you should have empathy for the person. In other words, this guy could be my friend, we could do it, right? And now he cursed me out in front of everyone. Not him. I got to go say Tehillim to him, he's out of control. He doesn't have a Chez <gasps> Haba. Someone doesn't have a Chez Haba? Rabbi said, you have to pray for him. The guy embarrassed him, What are you punching him in the face for? Don't punch him in the face. Open up, into the hill and pray for the guy. He's just embarrassed in front of the yeshiva. He, he turned my whole... I had a very famous story in, in Landau's. A very famous story. I've, I've said it before. I, I would have broken this guy's head had I not changed as a kid. I was I was sitting in Landau's, there's a guy that Daven's there, he has numbers on his hand, he went through the Holocaust, he's a very old man, he sits he sits. So we were davening upstairs, maybe it was by slichos or something. I don't know, I was Davini, we were davening upstairs in minion, he was sitting there and I was sitting there. And this guy walks in in the middle of davening. late, as your walks in and he's talking on his phone. And he sits next to this guy from the Holocaust. And he's talking on his phone, talking, not 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 looking at his text, talking. And this man says to him, No, like go out. Ignores him. This guy went through the Holocaust, he's down in there. Totally ignores him like he's not there. And my anger is going up bristle phone and shoot, whatever. I'm like, Forget about anything. Respect. It's an old man. Numbers on his hands. He's asking you to be quiet. Like he doesn't. He's mom is talking, laughing. And we're up to we're between Bochum and Shema Israel. So I lost it a little bit, not a lot, a little bit. And I said, I spoke out. I said, why don't you take your phone outside of shul? You're disturbing everyone. I much spoke out by David. I, he wasn't listening to anyone. This guy looks at me and bangs on the table. We're now before Krishma. Bangs on the table. It says, I want everyone to stop Davening. Rabbi Wallstein, you know, the rabbi that talks to the women. I'm like, I am going to decapitate this man, right? Is speaking. Everybody stop Davening. You have to listen to Rabbi I'm sitting Rabbi Wallisty. My my hands are ready like this. I have chilling on that hand. Right, it's going back to my hockey days. I'm like, I'm seeing blood. I'm seeing, I'm seeing all kinds of colors. I'm gonna take this guy out, in shul, and he's much bigger than me. It doesn't matter. When you're angry, it doesn't make a difference. There's no such thing. It's David and Goliath. And my Rebbe, Mamish saved me, I I held back, and I just thought to myself, "You're such a nebuch." Your kids and your wife, your tillers go nowhere, means nothing. You're, you're killing your family. You, you know, I, I saw once, I once said about it in our bungalow calendar, I saw once in a safer, one of the scariest things I ever saw about talking about davening. That the way you daven here is the way up there you can daven. So someone who talks about davening, right, when he comes up to Shemayim, his grandson's sick, his granddaughter needs to shit up, she's already 30, so where do they go? They go to their grand, this is kever. So they come to the kev, they're like, please, down for me and then that. So this guy up there, he's coming to help, and he wants, he gets up and he says, I want to, da- I want to ask Hashem. They're like, you, you, you who never da- who spoke by davening, you have not, you cannot go, you can't daven. So the person's sitting up there, and he cannot do anything for his family, his hands are tied. It's scary. We don't understand the pain of that in That just, it's like he's stuck because he talked by davening. So, so. I once got up and said this over. Whatever. Um, so, the opposite. I, 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 the anger turned and became like, you're a sick puppy. You're a sick guy. You're really sick. Never You don't know anything about tefillah. You don't know anything about covet for someone. You have no manners. You have no tefillah. Where you're going, I don't want to even be able to see where you're going. You know what? I need to die for this guy. Shem should put brains in his head. So, Normally, it, I, I would have killed them. I would, I would, Before my rabbi, I wouldn't have killed. Sure, not sure. I would just, I would just kept punching. I would just kill them. And after davening, this guy left. He, did, he 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 was there for like fifteen minutes just to aggravate everyone. He left. This man was so upset. I sat down after davening. I said, "You have a big cholim." He went through the holocaust. You have numbers. You have davening for him. You need to down for this guy. He has no power of Teulah for his whole family for anything. He needs help. I said, let's say, I looked at his name on his tallest bag. So I had his name. I didn't have Ben Huat, but I had his name. I said, let's say his name and let, let's <coughs> dive with him. And he cooled down and he said, you're right. He's, 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 nebuch, he's a Nebuchel. And he with him. we dive with him and the whole whole anger changed. But one other thing happened in Landau's. This a lot of guys saw happen. I was davening Mincha. We were davening Mincha and a boy, maybe he was 16, was talking on his phone, but Chazarus HaShatz in front of the Aron HaKaydash. right in front, not by the Bima, front of the Aron HaKadosh. Two guys went over to him, in the middle of HaShatz. He's talking. They said, please put your phone away. He said, I'll do what I want. I'm down I'm, I'm, I'm by the Bima. That's where I always stand. I'm sitting there. I'm like, no. You're not going to do what you want. And he continues talking. And I'm going crazy. So I go, I go behind him. He's talking. He doesn't see me. And I grab his phone. Right? Before he could do anything, I grab his phone. And I throw it from the Bima. All the way to the right side against the wall. I'm like, you think you can do what you want in shawl? Boom. Shoom, and I threw it. And I wasn't ready for this. He turned around and he punched me in the face. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't, I didn't expect that to be the reaction. But he wasn't ready for what I did. I threw his phone across the shawl. And he just punched me in the face. And I... It's just just a normal reaction. I'm going to punch you too. I'm going to go... Right? And I held back. I held back. I don't know where it came from. I held back. And for me to hold back after getting hit is like almost impossible. Because I played hockey my whole life, and the automatic reaction the guy hits you, that's it. Gloves are off, and we're going. So it's, it's like not even a thinking. You don't even think about it. And um, I didn't punch him back. And they were all like, the whole show was like, hit him. They wanted me to hit him. So then he started like, you want to take it outside? You want to take it outside? I'm like, why don't you just go pick up your stupid phone? And he's like, no, come on, let's take it outside. Let's take you skit. and he started with the whole thing. You skit to take it outside, you stay to keep that as like, the old Wall scene was just like I'm like I'm like I'm not taking anything outside. I might have to dive in again the next minute because I missed half a I shot that just got punched in the face. Okay. How do these guys At the end of that at the, the end, of of the the sh- end sh- what? How do they get so lost that they end up in a shoal? Uh, they're just going to Shul. Wrote, it's just rote. There were guys... There were guys last night at Davin. There were guys... Two kids were on the phone. The whole Davin. They did not say one word. And I was so... I had such a yitzit... I don't know what it was. To go over to them and say... Don't go out of Shul. And I didn't say anything. Do they get any reward for still coming to Shul? I don't know. No. I don't know. There is a, there is a reward for coming to Shul if you're Davin. Yeah, of course. Or if you sit there, but not... I don't know if you're on... Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's very wrong, whoever's watching. I think it's a terrible, disgusting thing. If you walk into Shul and you have that little white thing in your ear from Apple, whatever, that, you know, even though I believe your phone is off and you're not listening, it's just not covered. Not their carrots. First of all, I don't know if you're listening to something or not. You stay in front of Hashem, take it out. Don't go to take it out for 15 minutes. Take it out of here, put it in your pocket. These guys, they walk in, they have that black thing in their ear, they have that white thing in their ear it's not, it's not their heretz it's not their heretz if you were in a great, very big business meeting would you sit with the white thing in your ear, Are you crazy they're not going to give you the order <laughs> you, this, you, you're staying there for your life a lot of people have that white thing in the ear by davening it's not right, it's not covered for Hashem it's not covered for Hashem so again, that time I did not I did not go out, whatever it was and I was like, Nebuchadnezzar this poor kid, he's 16 years old he has no derecheres. What's he going to become already? Where's he going? Well, I took a punch. So, after davening, they were all like, go out there. You know how people are. Like, you can't just take a punch, teach him a lesson. They were all like, Rabbi Walsh, and they were trying to psych me up. Okay, guys, listen to me very carefully. Something just happened to me that didn't happen to you, and I would do it again. I said, because I took a punch for Hashem, and I didn't swing back. I said, I'm not going to lose that chus now. Go out and start swinging. I took a punch for God, for for Shul. I took a good punch. He hit me hard. right? I said, I took a punch and I come to Shemayim and say, God, I took a punch for you. If you punch him back, so then you didn't. You punched him back. I took it. I accepted it. I'm not going outside. I'm not giving that back. I said the Echihara wants me to give that punch back. I'm not giving that back. I own it. It's mine. But oh, the fire in my vein. Oh. You don't just hit me like that. And I will never forget the whole show was like. He just in one motion. I didn't expect it. Usually I'll be ready for it. Just as I threw the phone, he just I guess he didn't even know who he didn't know who he hit. Whoever threw his phone, he's gonna punch. Boom, he popped me one. I took a punch for Hashem. I didn't punch back. So, my Rebbe, I was, I was in first-year base marriage, 12th grade first-year base marriage, He changed my, he saw my temper, and he he changed it drastically. Book Hashem since then. If I could take a punch to the face, I don't want to challenge the Sultan. And a guy got up and made fun of me like that, in front of the whole shul. The teacher of the girls. I was going crazy inside. Crazy! In the end, we dived for him. Oh my gosh, that's 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 work. It's a lot of work. How long ago did that happen with the punch and I'm sixty-one. Must have been when I was fifty. Probably about seven years ago. I spoke about it on my share. Bang! I got it. I never, I never got hit that hard because I usually I usually expected it when I was playing hockey, whatever. I never took a hit like that. That was a hit. He really whacked me. Full roundhouse punch. What did he come back? I never saw him again, ever. It was a one time punch. It's not coming to Landau's anymore. What not coming to Landau's anymore? I don't know. I don't know if I recognize him. It was a long time ago. Maybe after that, he became a a, there's nothing that stands in front of Chuva. Maybe the Chuva, and maybe the big Tazik today. I don't know. But I took a hit for God. If you hit back, then you, then you gave it back. So you can't really say, you know, I took a hit, but then I gave a hit. Whatever. A person has to be very careful with his temper. Hashem doesn't like tempers. Um, so anyway, so he says a fantastic story today. He said there was a a, Bachar, a boy, that had this temper. And he came to his mashkiach. And he said, I have a very big problem. I, I, I can't control my temper so the mashkiach told him he said I want to tell you a story I'm going to help you and this will help everyone who has a temper I'm going to help you with your temper he says, "What? what's the story he said there was a group of guys pirates that came onto a boat they looked like passengers and they had this plan the boat was going somewhere wherever it was they had this plan that they're going to go into the main, to the cabin where the captain is where he sleeps whatever it is and they're going to hold him up, and they're going to tell him that they want him to go change course and go to the certain island, and that's where they had all their chevra, the pirate chevra. And they're going to rip—they're not going to kill anyone. They're not killers. They're going to rip off all the gold and all the silver of all the passengers, and then let them go, right? But they want to be out sea at sea when this happens. So they're at sea, and these four guys come down with their you know know—they're going to—they're going to take over the, the boat, and they hear inside the captain's. Quarters that the captain's in there with a bunch, of, say, a bunch of guys that were working for him and they're all screaming at each other. The captain's saying, no, we're going here. And the other guy's are saying, no, we're not going there. First, we have to stop here. Then we're going to go there. And the captain's saying, oh, we're going to express. We're not stopping anywhere. And they're yelling at each other. And these four guys are outside. And they're like, these guys are yelling at each other, right? But we've got to do what we've got to do. So they come into the room and they tie up the captain and they tie up the first mate, whatever, the other guy that was arguing, we have to make a stop, whatever it is. And they duct tape him and they tie them up. And they take over the boat. So the Rashiva, or the Mashkiah, whatever, asked the, the, the kid who has out-of-control temper, he said, so what do you think was going on now between the captain and his first mate? You think they were still arguing? You think they were still arguing where they are going to stop? No. Pirates took over the boat. Right? So he said, why aren't they arguing anymore? The, the pirates said, we're not killing you. We're not killing anybody. So, It's not that you're dying or anything like that. They're going to go somewhere else and take off the money. So so why aren't you still fighting about where you want to go? So so the kid said, I don't know. He says, so come back in a half an hour, think about it. So the kid comes back in a half an hour, and he says, I figured it out. He says, why? He says, because the captain and the first mate who were arguing about where they're going to go realized that they're not in control of the ship anymore. What are they arguing about? It's a stupid argument. Should we stop? Shouldn't we stop? You don't have a choice. You, you, can't, you have no choice where you're going. So the argument moot, is, is moot. So he said to the boy, the only reason a person has a temper is because you think you're, un, you're in control. And this is what has to happen. And you didn't treat me right. And this is not what happened. I'm angry at you. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. I'm angry at you. He said, "Well when you realize that Akash Baruch was controlling the world, so what are you getting angry about? Just like these two guys are not angry anymore because they're not controlling where the boat lands. So what are you angry about? So he, says, he said to the boy, what are you angry about? The reason you're angry a person that's kas and that's what it brings down. It brings down a person has kas because he has gaiva. You think, what do you mean? This is coming to me. You didn't give me respect. You didn't treat me right. You said something to me you're not, you weren't supposed to say. Nobody can say something to you unless Hashem wants it to be. No one can disrespect you and say, unless Hashem wants it to be. So when you realize that you're not under control, you're not in control, that your hands are tied, there's nothing to be angry about. So it's a very important lesson in kas. I wish... Would have heard that before my Rabbi and at least in high school I wouldn't ever hurt this guy. And I know I see this guy all the time that I, I broke his nose. It's a big Aveira. I drew blood from another Jew. That's not that's a terrible thing. Terrible thing. And it says the person who raises his hand to another Jew is called it even if you don't hit him, you call it you called a Russia. Very bad. Kas is very bad. Kas and Gaiva go together. You don't people who don't have, or not don't think that much of themselves, they're not they're not angry, they don't get angry. What am I getting angry about? I'm not in control here anyway. What am I getting angry about? It's sort of, it doesn't always work that way. Like when you're on a plane and they start delaying it, when you're sitting on that plane a half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half, you get angry, but you're not in control. The door's closed, you're on the runway. What, what are you getting angry about? So you sit down, you realize getting upset right now is not going to help. It's not going to make the plane take off any earlier. The pilot's in control, the airline's in control. What are we getting angry about? Hashem's in control. There's no reason to be angry about anything. But it's, you have to get that into your head. Alright, so it's not going to be a long shit tonight, because I got I have to leave soon. We started very late. How long are we on, a half an hour? Probably a half an hour, right? Okay, I want to just spend 15 more minutes, and we'll let you go, on Kibut of Aim. Okay? Before Tishabov, we were talking about Kibut of Aim. I want to tell you something very fascinating. It's some stuff I did not say. Okay? In the Sechlitz Kedushin, the Chazal say, to give you appearance, cubit of aim, while they're alive and when they're not alive. What does it mean? How do you give kibbutzim if they're dead? They're in the ground. How do you give them kibbutzim? Kesha'ime adaba If you say something in your parents' in your father's name, kach My father. This is really what you're supposed to say. We don't do this, but. When you when you talk about your father, said, when I say over something my father said, I'm supposed to say omar, So says my father, my Rebbe. I don't know what that means exactly. His his should be forgiven. His his where he where he sleeps. It's a it's a it's a, what's it called? It's it's respect. Okay. Anyway, this is my Rebbe Gamliel told me. That the kibbutz of A that you give your parents after they're dead is greater than the kibbutz of A when they're alive. They don't really need you when they're alive, by the way. You know, most say, hello, say, I love you, but they don't really need you. When they're dead, they can't do anything. They need you. They can't do mitzvahs. They need you much more when they're not on this world. When they're on this world, they're doing mitzvahs. On that next world, they can't do mitzvahs. So what does it mean, right? So he says, right? P." Kiyashlam sham nachas they get nachas mi mais over toyvim shbanem bo ele maze parents get nachas when the children are doing good and khaf shalom when the children are not doing good it hurts them they do know and it does and it hurts them vi do repitzadikem she ba yosev sheta said et sad if they should come with to shaloish shaloish po to shemikhud Anytime you do a mitzvah, any mitzvah, right? And you, one of your parents or both of your parents are not alive, you should say the following. This is a big chiddush. L'shem yichud Any mitzvah you do. I'm, it should be l'shem yichud Baruch Hu. the Shechina. nachas ruach le The mitzvah I'm about to do should give God, my Creator, enjoyment. Before any mitzvah you do. So, Kwiyashma tonight, he's supposed to say, right? Achakach, Hosef, he should say, L'shem, Yechud, Hinin, and he writes, L'Kayim, Ritz, Kivr, of Aim. L'Kabbat is other, Shabbat Gan Eiden. It's Hinimuchim, Zoom, I'm doing this mitzvah also. My father's in that he should be Mechabbat, my father in Gan Eiden. Well, Hosef, L'shem, Yechud, Hinin, and he writes, L'Kayim, Ritz, Kivr, of Aim, if his mother's not alive. L'Kabbat is Emoy, shibagan Gan You're supposed to say this before you do a mitzvah, if your parents are not here anymore. But def- and and also, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, three l'shem yichud's. People don't know that. Now he says some here that the following. It's a little bit scary. After parents die, in taima shapotim mechava, you think that you don't. You're not mechayv and kibud of emunah anymore. Ainu kaink. Even though he died, mechuya bichvoy da yose. You have to be mechabed them more. Shekasev kiblotz vichah gam laacham oisay. You have to be mechabed them after they die. Im oisay haben. that child, hailech b'derech makoshim. He goes off to derech. That child, vaday Shim evazes aviv. You embarrassing your father in the next world. Vaday shay oiselay bizayin. You're definitely doing to him an embarrassment. The im oisay haben hailech Yasha, Um Sakin. Myself, and if the person is going the right way, and he's straightening out what he does, you should know, you're surely giving, in the next world, of aim. People, he's giving his father covet in this world, people are saying, wow, look at this so-and-so son, right, or daughter. And Hashem has pity on the parent, on the parent, in the next world, any 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 and he puts them on the kisar puts I guess brings them up. Unbelievable. So yeah, you think they don't know what's going on in this world? You're doing the right thing, they know, and if you're doing the wrong thing, they know. he He's a very fascinating story here. Mm, yeah. In the sefer Chassidim, simen tof reish he brings in Misa nice about a father who called his son in before he died. And he said, <speaking in Hebrew> Just the way you give me covered in my life. <speaking> in <Hebrew> I want you to give me covered when I die. <speaking in Hebrew> what I want you to do, I want you to learn to have patience. So the father gave him, a, I want you one thing to learn. You need to have patience. Oh interesting. That's all tonight. I didn't even plan this. You should you should let your anger go down. Hold back your reactions. Don't wait wait overnight before before you react. Let your cost go down. My father-in-law, my father-in-law said that he never went to sleep with with an argument between him and my mother-in-law. In other words, until it was, they would not go to sleep until it was settled. Whatever that, whatever was going on, right? He would not go to sleep. He would not go to sleep angry. They would not go to sleep angry. They had a rule between the two of them. We will only go to sleep after we make up the situation. He's not allowed to go to sleep angry. So he told him, you have to, you, you have, you, this kid must have had a problem with chaos. He said, I don't want you reacting right away. Wait, think about it. Wait till the next morning. And usually, if you wait till the next morning, it's not so bad anymore. Okay? So, what happened? The Akhapitiyos, it's a very fascinating story. The Aviv, so after his father died, he told him, you need to be patient. Don't react right away. The band went, he went to the he went he went across the ocean to work to do business he, his wife became was pregnant but he didn't know that she was just pregnant he didn't know so he left to go to work he didn't know she was pregnant and he he stayed there many many years many 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 years like like eight, 15, 16 years before he came home when he came home Bob alili came at night. And he went up to his bedroom. And he heard that in his bedroom with his wife was a young guy. uh uh-huh. whatever. He was he was talking to this guy, was talking very lovingly to his wife. So he's like, My wife's committing adultery. I'm away 16 years. She's committing adultery. Shalat He took he took out his sword. That's it. He's gonna take he's gonna take care of this guy, whoever's doing this. I mean, he's going to kill both of them. Uh, But he remembered, he remembered what his father said, you got to control your anger at least over one night, so he couldn't do anything. He put back the sword in its scabbard. And he was listening by the door, and he heard that that his wife was telling this young guy, it's so many years that your father left me. It was her son in the room. It was his son. He didn't know that she was pregnant. If your father would only know that he has a child, he would already come home already. Because he would make sure that he'd find a wife for you. Uh-oh, when he heard this, and he realized that this boy in the room was his son, who, he came, he came into the room, he said, Thank God I controlled my anger, he's gonna kill them both. Blessed is my father who told me, never stay angry, wait a night. I would have killed you and my son. And he was very happy a oh, and he made a big party the next day. then that with it was some You hear? Do you hear guys? Patience, 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 and listen to what your parents tell you. Now we learned, we talked about, we talked about you should say Kaddish for the, your father. If you if you're, uh, your your father is not Jewish, you still say kaddish. We learned about it. You should learn for him. Because the bottom line is, he brought you into this world, and, and look what you're doing. You're a Jew now, and you're doing mitzvah. So, you should say Kaddish for a guy your father. And a guy is your mother. Let's say you, your mother's a guy, so you're a guy, and you became a Ger, Right? became a Ger, So, you also have to say Kaddish for her. Even though she's Mamash, made you a guy. Doesn't matter. A Kaddish trumps everything. But there's a fascinating, and we'll end with this, there's a fascinating question. Can you have your father's not Jewish? Can your father be a Sandik by your child? Imagine your father's not Jewish, your father in law is Jewish, your wife's right because if your wife wasn't Jewish, then the kid's not Jewish. So you like your, you invite your father, and the whole right, and he's not Jewish, and he, he comes to the bris and, the, and he sees that the father in law, your father in law. Is a sandik by your first son? He sits there and right. So now he want the second child. That's what he wants to be the sandik. He's a guy. He's still a guy. Can a guy be a sandik? Right. So listen to this, L'chaira. So it seems to be that some hold no. Some hold no. Gert Ger tzaddik l'chabit over because of Ger tzaddik imutu l'chabit is other by going by standing because of bunay can a Ger tzaddik have his father so this is this is a Ger so his mother's also not Jewish okay so Gert tzaddik who is he allowed to have his father going by standing because <laughs> of that he shouldn't make him a standing not what he says okay. But he found in the Shali Chuba's Divraimalkiel Shemara Jalima Zamala Shah Nifats be able He went crazy when he heard that a person was Muhammad a to be a sandik. But isra Bakama to Amim, and he he answered it for many reasons. The better she orel, better you don't give the child a brismila, Meshay Goi Sandik. That's what he wrote. But Yet, there's a very big kasha on this, l'chairah, yesherah al because it says, in the Sefer of Klolay HaMila, L Avram Avram got an Eitzah right, from Mamre, who wasn't Jewish, on the Mila, nasa shut of Imai, he became a partner in the Mila, we, we know that, Mamre, right, he gave him the Eitzah. Mamre was the sandik of Avram Avinu when he had the bris, and Mamre was a guy. So how could you say a guy can't be a sandik? That's why he was called Bali Brith Avram. Mamre He was a guy. We see that from here that a guy could be a sandik. So they went to ask of Chaim Kaineski. (laughs) Achain <laughs> Sha'alti, he asked him. Goyim, Chaim, What's the din? Heim geretz sedek mutlachava We see, we see from Avraham, we know that you could. So he went to Rav Chaim. And he said, Can a geretz sedek have his father as a sandik? Imagine a guy saying that he's not even Jewish. He's a sandik. and Rav Chaim said, Mutter. You're allowed to. Rav Chaim Passkin, you're allowed to. Very big chiddush, very big chiddush, reishin zayin, very big chiddush. Now, you think Avraham Avinu was on Mamre's lap? What do you mean, Mamre was a sandik? You think he was on his lap? couldn't be. He's too big. So it says, we say says that yeah, to be able to do this. We come over to So, I'm going to tell you a story with me. You don't have to be on his lap. We he does mitzvah when the is on his lap. He was a shutta in the Bris. So, I. I'm very close with someone, Rabbi Avram Reich. You know what I'm Avram Reich? Avram Reich. He's, he's, a, he's a mile, but he has a Russian community up in, uh, in Borough Park, above 10th Avenue. And the first time I met him, so he wrote a, he wrote a book on Brismila. The first time I met him, he was doing Brism on Russians, 46 years old, 35 years old. So he asked me if I wanted to be. If I, want to, if I want to support the, make the meal, and if I want to be a sandic. These were men who came from Russia. They never bris, they were, right? So it was an operation. It's not just a bris, because they're men. So we did it in Dr. Adler's office on 16th Avenue in Borough Park. And he had to do stitches. It's a whole different, right? So I say, what do you mean a sandik? You're going to put the guy in my lap? Big Russian guy. He's like, I from my lap? He's going to he says, no, he's on a, he's on a, a bed, like, a, like a, a, sur- a surgery bed, like a doctor's office, and you have to hold him by your shoulders. Just hold him by your shoulders and you're considered the sound. Which is, from here we see that. You don't have to be on your lap as an older guy. Guys, I, I, the oldest one I did was 46 years old. But he had guys that were in their 70s. My father just had a breast. Okay, how old was your father? He was sixty-four. Wow, who did it? Rabbi Mitchell. And he did with the stitches, with the whole, with the whole whatever. That's, I wasn't there. But. So right, Rabbi Cohen does it. So so Rabbi Rai said to me something fascinating, uh, and, and I have to tell you that these Russian guys they they didn't take local anesthesia. They mm-hmm. Didn't take local anesthesia. They had vodka. Really had a bottle of vodka. They said, Rabbi. You drank half the bottle, now do it. I was sitting there, I was like, wow. Because you could have local anesthesia. They didn't want. That's a Kiddush Hashem. So, well, that's a Kiddush Hashem, because you have a choice. I mean, you don't have a choice, but you do have a choice. So, um, Rabbi Rash told me something unbelievable. He said that it's brought down that you Yishmael you gets to brits at thirteen. The Arabs get a bris at thirteen, not at eight days. Yisshmal, you this? Had a tiny tashem that we're much greater than the Jews. An eight-day-year-old boy has no choice, mm-hmm. and the pain is the whatever. But a thirteen-year-old boy has a choice, so we're greater than the Jews, and that's a tanya they had to hold back from hold back Mashiach. He says, when it's brought down in Sfarim? There'll come a day that older people who didn't have a bris are going to get a bris." And they're going to answer Yishmael. You're 13. You're a kid. You have to listen to your parent. I'm 46. I don't have a parent to listen to. He says, the Russians that are having milas is the answer to Yishmael, and that's going to happen before Mashiach. So your father 64. That's the answer. In Yishmael, when Yishmael says, (laughs) 13, they're like, no, his father is 64. That's the answer to Yishmael. And that's how we're going to end this year. That we should be, at, be able to answer you small and answer everything else. And Mashiach should come to here. It be a main new. Amen. Amen. Shkoyach everybody. You've just experienced another Torah class. Brought to you by TorahAnytime.com